Let us be attentive. Brethren, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful Good tidings unto all the people. Your 
Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God that every time we open the Scriptures, it seems that something new comes to us. We may have read a Scripture hundreds of times, and yet each time the Holy Spirit, who is active and with us always, is ready to teach us new things if our hearts are open. I'm quite certain that I've preached on this gospel before, and I'm quite certain that I've preached on something completely different. That is a different idea. At the end of the gospel of St. John the Theologian, he says that if all the things that Jesus said were written in books, the world itself could not contain them all. That's a lot of books. And I'm pretty sure that in the title of all of those books would have been the word love. Today, we hear from our Lord a piece of the scriptures for us. And we recognize it right away as the source of the golden rule. Do unto others as they do unto you. And yet the theme of this passage is the theme that we see so often throughout not only the Gospels, but all the Epistles as well. Love one another. Love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love, love, love. This particular Gospel comes right after, this episode comes right after the choosing of the Twelve. And he is teaching his disciples, getting ready to send them out into the cities of Galilee so that he, they could prepare the way to say, the kingdom of God is at hand. And he was teaching them. And it says that right about this time, he was completely thronged and surrounded in this level place. And yet it says he fixes his gaze on his disciples and begins to teach them. The actual passage starts a little earlier than than the Gospel reading today. He says, But I say to you that here, to his disciples, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To him who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other as well. From him who takes away your coat, do not even withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And of him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back again. He keeps going and he says, and we see something familiar, and as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. You think to yourselves, okay, I'll be nice if people are nice to me. As I want them to do to me, so I'll do to them. If you love those that love you, it goes on, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, he says again. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. So essentially, he is saying to us, so do you want to love like the world loves? Do you want to love like sinners love? 
Or do you want to love like I love? And he hasn't displayed this for them yet. And he'll teach them this message over and over again throughout his ministry and throughout the readings that we see in the gospel. But he's calling us to something more, something higher, something very, very much more difficult. He is calling us to be ambassadors of of his love to this world. Love one another as I have loved you. Love not as the world loves, but love as I have loved you. And how has he loved us? He has laid down his life for us. His love is self-sacrificial. Now we as Orthodox Christians don't have a corner on the market of nice. We're not the only ones who love. And yet there is something that we're called to that takes that to a higher level. A different kind of love. Something that is patently different than the world around us. A love that stretches us. A love that extends beyond. It reaches out. Jesus Christ is our example. He came after us. While we were yet sinners, He died for us. And so we don't wait to be nice to the nice. We don't wait to love those who who we think are going to like us and love us back. But we extend Christ's love even to our enemies, to the most difficult people that we can imagine. Loving like this will cost us. It won't be convenient. And we're going to have to go out of our way. And we can say that our Lord did the same for us. He went out of His way to come, to condescend, to be a man, and to show us the way, to show us how to love. The love of Christ, as we live it out, is going to cost us. It's going to cost us our time. It's going to cost us our money. It's going to cost us sleep. It's going to cost us our free time. It's going to cost us the way we choose to spend all that we have been given, all of our resources. Now, we've all heard this before, that we are to love our enemies. And we all have a hard time imagining who our enemies are. We are to love our neighbors. And our neighbors are this sort of nebulous sort of, well, who is my neighbor? But God is not a God of generalities. He's not calling us to some nebulous idea. He's calling us to love. And that love is not a concept. That love is the person of Himself. And that person, Jesus Christ, wants to reside in us. And when that person resides in us, and that we are in union with Him, then we can truly begin to love as He loves. If you remember the story in the Old Testament, where Jacob has just taken all of his goods and his wives, and is getting ready to go back, to his father's land. He knows that he's going to meet Esau, the brother whom he was kind of on the outs with. You might remember the story. And while what happens next may have many meanings, I was thinking about this. Jacob goes to sleep. He's by himself. He's sent, sent his whole family away. And apparently he's gone to pray. And it says, And then a man came and wrestled with him. And as through the course of this wrestling, they wrestle all night long. And somehow in the course of this, that he realizes that he is wrestling with God. Now it says in one place a man, it says in one place an angel, and it says in one place God. My point is this. 
that he wasn't wrestling with an idea. He wasn't wrestling with a concept. He was wrestling with a person. And in the same way, our God of very specific things calls us to a very specific union with Him and He sends us out to love very specific people. It is our job like Jacob to wrestle with our faith. To wrestle with this person of Jesus Christ and all that He calls us to. We're supposed to wrestle with the practical, with the particular. How must I act? What must I do in this world? Love is always personal. And it is always specific. It is never general. So there are people in our lives that are near us and far from us. Our families, our friends, our co-workers, our fellow students, our classmates. And it is these people that we are called to love. And not just to love as in being nice to, but to love as in extending the love of Christ to. A self-sacrificial love. An interest in their well-being that is beyond just being nice and being caring. And maybe that would be enough for us, considering all the needs around us. But as the Gospel says, and as you wish men that would, would do to you, do so to them. So we've heard that so many times. Do unto others as we would have others do unto us. Well, what do we want others to do to us? Well, we all want the best for ourselves. We all want peace. We all want things to go well for us. So, what should we want for others? Every single person we encounter, we should want the very best for them. And if it is in our power to help them, we must do it in love. If we can do anything to help them achieve their goals. When they have success, we must rejoice with them. We must show them care and love. We need to validate their efforts. And when they fail, we need to be there to commiserate with them. To show compassion. Because we want that for ourselves. We don't like it when people talk behind our backs. We don't like it when we imagine that people might think poorly of us. Or worse, to speak behind our backs or to speak poorly of us. So, it stands to reason that according to the Gospel today, we must never speak ill of anyone else. In fact, we should never even think ill of anyone else. We should cut off any thought that is negative towards anyone's, anyone else. Because we wouldn't want that. And that's a help for us today. As you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. So anything that you can wish for yourself, that is the posture that we must take to every single person we encounter. And we are sent to encounter everyone near us. We want to be treated kindly with patience, then we must treat all with kindness and with patience. If they need help, we must help them. If we would want to be prayed for in our distress, then we must sacrifice our time and pray. And if we have made mistakes and want to be forgiven and wish that people would forgive us and give us a break, then we have to be forgiving them. Now there is a lot of love in this room. What characterizes this parish, I think, is love. It's what holds this parish together. And if you've had a chance to read Father Timothy's um, 
newsletter article. It is very beautiful, and it's about love in our parish and the role that we can play as people who love one another. It's what holds us together. It's why many of us are here. We would not be here, some of us, if we did not know that when we came here that we were going to be cared for and loved. We often talk about the hope that we will be able to build a temple. We will be able to build a larger church that will testify to the glory of God. But what's going to build that church, what its foundation will be, is going to be love. What it's going to take to build that church is our love for one another and our love for the people that this love helps us with. It's not going to be big bags of money. Those will be helpful. But it's going to be our love. If you have extra bags of money, we can use them. But this love that we have here, this love is what's going to keep our children in the church. It's what's going to keep them growing in the faith. Sunday school teachers, what is going to keep our children in the church is not just knowledge, not just information, and not just the truth about God, but it is going to be love. Because our kids know they were loved by you. And I know from experience that that is exactly the posture that you take as teachers in our Sunday school. So I'm trying to call all of us to a higher level of love. The Scriptures, Jesus Christ, our God, is asking us to love not like the world loves, but to love in a very different way. And this costs us so much. And we struggle. And we we think, I don't even have enough love for my own family. I run out of love for my own children. I don't even love my wife as I should. And now you want me to love my neighbors? And even my enemies, those people that I don't really like being around, how is this possible? Our own efforts to love will fail. They will always fall short. We by ourselves and our own strength don't have it. And so often we try to live by our own strength. We forget Christ and we forget to unite ourselves to Him in every moment of the day. But this is a command of God. Love one another. Love each other as I have loved you, as I have given you the example. God does not command us to do things that we cannot do. Our God loves us. He wouldn't tell us to do things that are impossible for us, so He makes it possible by His Holy Spirit. With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. The grace of our baptism and the grace of Holy Communion and the grace we receive again and again at confession, that grace does not abandon us. And so we can be confident as we go out into the world that our love will be sufficient because it's not our love that we offer. And as we empty ourselves to this world, we can be confident that God will fill us up, that we won't be empty, that we will have enough. As we grow in Christ, as we go closer and closer to Him, hopefully we will notice that we are having more love, that we are able to love more and love better and to display a kind of love that is, that is different, that is different than the world loves. The entirety of our Christian faith is really love. Now since we know that we fail at this every day, perhaps this should be the top of our list as we repent. Asking God to help us examine our lives, to see where we have fallen down, where we have fallen short. Who have we failed to love? How much has our love run out during the day? This, this alone would be a wonderful way 
to spend our time in repentance as we consider what God wants to do in us. You've heard me say this before, and I hope you're not tired of hearing it. But it is said that John, the theologian, at the end of his life, when he was a very old man, he couldn't even walk to church anymore, and his disciples would carry him back from his cell to church as often as he was able. And he would just repeat, little children love one another. Little children love one another. Little children love one another. And his disciples would ask him, Why are you always saying that? Why do you keep saying only that? And St. John would say, Because if you do this, it will be enough. 